Plank Show, hour number three. We jump right in. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Connor, uh, what did you find yourself doing last night? Was it a good night for you? How did, how did everything go? Yeah, it was great. I was all over the home run derby. I tend to be every year. Well, locked, that, locked in. That is, uh, that is definitely one of our top stories of the day. So let's, uh, what do you say? Let, let's do just that, right? This uh, space right here is carved out for the Newcastle Casino. Top five stories of the day. Yeah, don't worry about the Sounders. It's no big deal, man. Uh, top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. Best reels in the Metro. They've got them. Happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. And they are conveniently located off I-44. Exit 107, 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat. NewcastleCasino.com. Well, let's start right there. Big story number five would be this man finding his way into the winner's circle. I don't think he did it. He did not do it. Oh, my. Vlad Guerrero Jr. will hang on and win the 2023 T-Mobile Home Run Derby. I think they went a little too quick, and it took away from oh. Rosarena's consistency. Randy Arozarena comes up just short. Congratulations to Vlad. He and his dad, both home run derby champions. A tired Vlad wins the home run derby. Yeah, so what did you so you were taking this in. What were what were some of your thoughts? What uh, stuck out to it? Uh I mean the ending was some drama. I thought for sure uh we're going to get at least four home runs to maybe tie it or to win it. I thought they went a little too quick at the end. Do you uh, like the setup, the the timed home run derby? I wish they'd go back to the 10 outs. I think that's what made it, you know, a little more fun. Now you have guys that are rushing, like, really quickly with their hits and try to hit home runs. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It, uh, I don't know. I think I'd prefer the it's like they're, old they're school just, outs they're, Yeah, they're, they're just going too fast with it. So it's hard, it's hard to really watch now to me. But, you know, initially, folks – Loved it. They thought it was great. The the reworked uh, home run derby and exciting. And at any rate, it was uh, it was a good event. It was uh, it was a good event. I was I was rooting on uh, Adley Rutschman, the Orioles catcher. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for him to put up twenty eight home runs and not advance. Not advance. And he did it from both sides too. Man, his last thirty seconds, he hit from the right side. That is uh, how you say brutal, my friend. Major League Baseball. Uh, What's caught your eye so far this season? It's not been a great season uh, for myself, my friend. It's hard for me to the Royals. <laughs> oh, they're just terrible. But uh, I'll, I'll start now that we're in the uh, the heart of summer here, and there's really there's nothing but Major League Baseball. I'll start, even though the Royals stink. I'll start uh, dialing into some of the other races out there. I think it's cool seeing the the O's back in it. It uh, is cool to see. Fun that. seeing the Orioles compete. A uh, little bit. Uh, I mean. A little bit different world when you got the Yankees and Red Sox both over 500, and yet they're eight, nine games back respectively in the AL East. The uh, the Central, the Guardians, Twins, uh, dead heat right there. Good news. Congratulations as we're at the halfway point or a little bit beyond it to TJ Perry and his Rangers. It's been a long wait, right, to get back to playing good baseball, but uh, they appear as though 
Who knows? Maybe they're going to go on and win the AL West. They're in front by a couple over the Astros right now. And then you look, the Braves, uh, I mean, is this just lock it up, throw it away? The Braves are going to win the World Series? I would say that, but they're looking pretty good right now. They're, 60 and 29. Yeah, I mean, best team in baseball right now. The Reds have been an awesome Yeah, shout story. out to Toby. Yeah, the Reds are rolling. Yep. the De La uh, Cruz, man, he's something. Yeah, he's he's pretty special, huh? Pretty special. They're uh, one game to the good over the Brewers in the NL Central, and then the Dodgers and the uh, Diamondbacks tied in the West. So that's where that's where you're at in baseball right now. What about uh, big story number four? Number four. Oh. I'm watching uh, quarterfinal action right now. Italy's uh, center versus Safulin, if I'm pronouncing uh, that correctly, or Saifulin. So uh, we'll see. Kind of feels like uh, kind of feels like Djokovic just going to chalk up another one. Isn't there, isn't there a matchup here in this quarterfinals that features two guys at the age of twenty? I think that's the first time ever. That's yeah, that's crazy. Got couple of young couple of youngsters. It's good for tennis. Good good for tennis. Uh, good for tennis to have uh, young talent. Novak Djokovic, though, I think he's going to go going to go win this thing yeah. again. Man, usually I watch the Wimbledon, but. I... Actually, haven't caught mu- much of it this year. So, what does the Grand Slams count at? So, Djokovic has twenty three. This would be twenty four if he tracks it down. What about Roger Federer? Is that tied with Federer for uh, the most? No, that would he, tie. He, Man, he, no, thought... he's yeah, he's in front. So, wow. Fed had has twenty, and Rafael Nadal. How many does Nadal have? I thought Federer would have a good lead. Twenty two. 22. So, so Djokovic, I mean, he's got the most. And, I mean, right now it looks like he's just going to keep adding to it. How much longer can he go? He's 36. He'll be 37 next, uh, next May. I mean, is it late, a couple more years. Late, late 30s when it catches on to you, maybe as a tennis player? Usually, yeah. But, I mean, right now it's like, I mean, it looks like he can do this for a couple more years and keep, keep adding majors. You know, to me, I don't know if it's just bias of growing up in that era. I tend to be... Federer or Nadal, one of those two is the greatest. But, I mean, Novak's got the hardware. And a number two national seed, too. So he's not really taking any step back. Big story number three out there. Number three. Are you following any of this in the, uh, in the world of golf? That the, the PGA Tour officials are, are meeting with uh, the U.S. Senate right now. Have you been following any of this? I... I've seen a few articles on it. I really haven't dived into it. It's it's going on as we speak, and they've they've got a U.S. Senate permanent subcommittee on investigations that is looking into the deal that's been brokered between the DP World Tour, the Live Golf League, and the, the PGA Tour. And anyways, according to some of the documents that have been now released by this subcommittee, which began its hearing today uh, regarding this alliance, they, uh, they are uncovering details that basically there's plans for Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy to both take part in live events going forward. Ten, wow. go- ten live events each season. And get this. this. This is the interesting part for Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. They will be owners in in live under this proposed plan that has been unearthed. So there's some pretty interesting stuff. Yazir Al Ramayan, the uh, the 
sort of chief architect of the live, by the way, is uh, according to some of the things that are coming out here, he he will be uh, he he will be a full time member of Augusta National Golf Club too, which I can't imagine is going to sit all together glowingly with many. Man, they're they're already making a lot of money, but if you get Tiger and Rory kind of part in this, man, it's crazy. There's uh, there's a lot of this though that I mean they're uncovering emails and and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I think somebody I was trying to figure out if this was a real deal. Somebody had gotten. Are, are you familiar with the the WhatsApp Messenger? I am. Yes. I, I don't. Uh, I've never used it, but uh, I think I had that downloaded at one time for some odd reason. For one reason or another, right? At, at any rate, I mean there's <laughs> there's correspondence between. Yazir and and uh, I don't know if it was Jay Monahan or Jimmy Dunn, but uh, they've unearthed that. So it's uh, I mean I don't know that it's going to get super messy, but there's just some interesting details that are coming out about this this merger that this subcommittee is unearthing as we speak right now. So kind of uh, kind of crazy to watch all of that. Which brings us to big story number two. We haven't talked about this today. Number two. <laughs> Haven't talked about this yet today. Northwestern. We we knew that things were, how you say, not looking great for one Pat Fitzgerald amid the hazing claims. Then a player came out, I believe, excuse me, believe this uh, report came out yesterday that uh, then there were multiple players that went ahead and attached their name to it with the Northwestern student newspaper to a a racist environment and racist culture uh, so allegations of racism in the the late 2000s for uh for several players so i mean it it got messier before it got less foggy and less murky for one pat fitzgerald and well it all resulted with pat fitzgerald being uh, relieved of his duties northwestern firing longtime head coach pat fitzgerald yesterday amid the uh, allegations of widespread hazing within the football program and uh, obviously some uh, some racial bias concerns as well within the program, allegations uh, there as well. And this doesn't look like it's going to get uh, any, how shall we say, less messy before it gets messier. Because did you see the statement that uh, Pat Fitzgerald released yesterday? Let me go back and see the whole thing. I knew he put something out yesterday. Well, basically, in a nutshell, without reading all of it, it uh, says, yeah, we're going to go ahead, my leadership and I, we're going to go ahead and fight this thing. Here was the statement that University President Michael Schill put out in an open letter to the school community. Quote, the head coach is ultimately responsible for the culture of his team. The hazing we investigated was widespread and clearly not a secret within the program, providing Coach Fitzgerald with the opportunity to learn what was happening. Either way, the culture in Northwestern football, while incredible in some ways, was broken in others. End quote. And uh, that part of the announcement that Pat Fitzgerald again has been fired as the head coach at Northwestern. Defensive coordinator David Braun expected to be named the Wildcats acting interim head coach so the the firing of pat fitzgerald comes uh, after the school had announced on friday that he would be suspended without pay for two weeks and uh 
obviously that didn't stick. No. I know it's a bad thing, but I don't know how much to believe into it because when they're a former player talking and saying that, yeah, this would never happen under Pat Fitzgerald, maybe it could be a player trying to get him fired. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of yes, it's been exaggerated, or no, this is uh, uh, right on the money, which again, it uh, when you come out and you have an initial two week two week suspension without pay. And then you turn around and say, wait a second, yeah, the the outside law firm that we had to conduct this investigation, even though we used that and (laughs) the sufficient evidence led us to just suspend without pay for two weeks, then you turn around and say, wait a second, well, yeah, we may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanction, and then you get even a little bit further down the road and you wind up firing. I don't think that the powers that be at Northwestern had done a very good job with uh, with all of this. Wouldn't you be resolute in the suspension that you're about to dole out, the punishment that you're about to dole out to Pat Fitzgerald? They weren't. I don't know if we're done with the. Uh, I don't know that we're done with folks leaving Northwestern just because I don't know that this has been handled all that well by Northwestern. No, and Josh, I couldn't imagine how many players are about to hit the portal from Northwestern here pretty soon. Pat Fitzgerald is like one of the names that you not expect something like this to happen with him as a head coach at Northwestern. This, uh, from Schill again in his open letter, the hazing was well known by many in the program, though the investigator failed to find any credible evidence that Coach Fitzgerald himself knew about it. As the entire six-month independent investigation was confidential, I only recently learned of many of the details, including the complainant's identity. I spoke with his parents on Friday and the student on Sunday. Uh, Fitzgerald said in his statement Monday that the investigation, quote, reaffirmed what I have always maintained, that I had no knowledge whatsoever of any form of hazing within the Northwestern football program, end quote. If he had coached this season, Fitzgerald was set to be the uh, fifth longest tenured coach uh, in football, uh, at least within FBS football, and he was two years into a 10-year $57 million contract. So there's a lot of monies that were still left out onto the table, but uh, right now he's not going to be getting that money. Though it sounds like he's – I mean, he and his uh, legal team, they're getting ready to fight this thing. In a statement to ESPN, quote, he uh, Fitzgerald was surprised when he learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment, end quote. It was a quick process to get Pat Fitzgerald out, too. That's a tough spot for Northwestern. Where do you go from here in the seasons, man, right around the corner? Well, and, and who was it from Northwestern that has left and joined the Big Ten Conference? Somebody, uh, I'll get, I'll get that detail here in just a moment. I think it was somebody with the, uh, the public relations side. Say, yeah, great side to get out. Uh, great time to get out if you're on the public relations side at Northwestern. But all of that to say, I, I, I don't know if I mean is Shill is he going to survive this? That's what. Well, we just got a text from Brian Tulsa. You know, Shill was at Oregon, left in 2022. You think he could poach Lanning? if Oregon doesn't know what they will do with the Pac-12 situation. No, I do not. No, I do not, Brian. I do not think that you can get Lanning to leave Oregon 
for Northwestern. No, there's just no shot. I mean, that, that, no, that'd be that'd be a tough spot for him. He doesn't want to deal with any of that. That would be an incredible get for Northwestern, but no, that's you're not leaving Oregon, regardless of the Pac-12 situation. You have a path to be much, much more competitive at Oregon and to win national championships, perhaps. Uh, definitely Pac-12 championships at Oregon versus what you can do at Northwestern, though. Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, he leaves in disgrace here, Connor, but, I mean, this is the greatest coach in Northwestern history. He's been really good with, with what he had at Northwestern. It's not easy to be in that spot, not easy. Well, it's hard to recruit to get guys to go to Northwestern. I just wonder, though, again, is Michael Schill, the president, is he going to survive all of this? Because to me, <laughs> to me, Friday you come out and you have a two-week no-pay suspension, and then what, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three days later you fire the individual? So basically you said we failed at our investigation. You as did, far yeah. as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. What, what our punishment was was not – the appropriate punishment so uh, to me that didn't look very good for a number of folks at Northwestern but that's the big news in college football and it's uh you know within the Big Ten pretty massive news pretty massive news will uh how long will Pat Fitzgerald get another job how long until and will he get another job Alabama analyst incoming for (laughs) Pat Fitzgerald probably not initially no Probably probably uh, not initially. Which, of course, gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. We've been talking all day long about the Sooner Summer Family Reunion uh, Golf Tournament to benefit the Ryan Miner Medical Fund. That's going on today. They're teeing off 1230. It's my understanding that Porter Moser... Oklahoma Headman's basketball coach will be swinging by to talk to the Steelman right at about noon or shortly thereafter. But uh, that's that's a big story in our world. Is check it out on the KREF Sports Twitter feed or uh, on my personal Twitter feed at Josh on Ref, where I've retweeted the the GoFundMe link. Uh, you can find that information in the graphic on my Twitter feed or on the KREF Sports Twitter feed, and uh, you can. If you know you're not taking part in the golf tournament now today, if you're not, uh, all those spots are filled up. You could still donate to the Ryan Miner Medical Fund. So that's uh, that's the big story in our world today. And of course, the the other big story is what's next for Oklahoma recruiting. Looks like good news is right around the corner as uh, the month of July rolls along for Oklahoma. Who's next? Sounds like sounds like we could have four names to add to the board and, and hopefully more before the, uh, well, you know, one day into the month of August, Winery date uh, on August 1st. So if that's the case, could be good news right around the horizon for Oklahoma. Your uh, phone calls, your texts as we roll along. That, the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. The best reels in the metro, they've got them at Newcastle Casino. Happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. And as always, they are conveniently located, people. Off I-44, exit 107. Check them out online. NewcastleCasino.com. A little Oklahoma football chat. What do you say? Next, right? After this, Josh and Connor back with you. It's the Plank Show on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number three, it's the Plank Show. Rolling along. 
Just a summer Tuesday in July, baby. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. This is the Plank Show, hour number three, brought to us by Mop and Roofing, which, uh, did you, uh, did you get any, did you hear some hail coming down last night? Did we get hail last night? I thought, like, I woke up and, keep in mind, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, I don't know what's going on. It's like... (laughs) It's like, uh, I don't know if I'm awake or asleep, right? It's. I mean, I woke up at 2.30. I thought it was time to get up and around. You start You start getting to uh, start climbing that that calendar, uh, Connor. It's like uh, you wake up in a haze. But it sounded like maybe it was hailing a little bit last night, and I know that that was uh, in the forecast some. Some folks were worried about it. So all of which to say, if not last night, then probably we're not, we're not out of the woodworks just yet. There will be... July showers, there will be some hailstorms, hopefully not too much to worry about, but occasionally uh, they, they will unfortunately rear their ugly head, and maybe you've got some hail damage on your roof, or maybe uh, you've just aged out, mopping roofing, they've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded mop and roofing, serving all of Oklahoma, they've been in business for over 35 years, 405 703 3843. That is mopping roofing. Let's hit some text, shall we? we? We've we've had some text. We haven't really hit them. I've got uh, I got a bunch that uh, we can dive into football wise. But let's talk to the people for a moment, shall we? And uh, let's hit the text line here real quick. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet uh, text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Uh, folks. <laughs> Folks want Northwestern to hire that stand-up guy, Urban Meyer. That's from Colin Casey. What do you make of that? <laughs> oh, man. I, w- I wouldn't go there. Somebody, uh, who was it that said, don't start that rumor? That was Jim about Jeff Levy. Don't even, uh, oh, and no Jeff Levy at Northwestern either. Well, I, I mean, Jeff Levy's not going to take that job, is he? No, that would be, I think that would be very, yeah, very idiotic to do that. You've got... All sorts of cash if you're Northwestern because, like SEC programs, Big Ten programs, they got a big check and a big payout, but you don't have you don't have the type of support and infrastructure at Northwestern, even with all of that cash or the, the success of the program. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald is the greatest coach that's ever coached at Northwestern, and, you know, need I point you in the direction, this is a little bit, you know, maybe not the greatest comparison, but just follow me with it, okay? Believe it or not, West Virginia tried to give Huggins nine lives, okay? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I would argue that what Pat Fitzgerald did at Northwestern is a heck of a lot more impressive than what what Bob Huggins did at West Virginia, right? I and, Yeah, I agree with that. And yet, it took all of three days for a two-week paid suspension in the summer to turn into, all right, yeah, never mind. See you later, Pat. So that's the type of, you know, administrative support you've got at Northwestern in the face of these types of, and, and I'm not here to downplay it's serious hazing, serious hazing uh, allegations, and then all of a sudden it turns into to racial discrimination allegations. So there's some pretty serious stuff going on at Northwestern, and yet. Oftentimes, those types of figures like Pat Fitzgerald, when you're talking about the greatest coach in the program's history, oftentimes, yes, they survive said allegations in some way, shape, or form with some type of punishment. 
And uh, Pat Fitzgerald didn't do that. So all of which is to say, I mean, is that where you want to go? If you're Jeff Lebby? You you don't want to get involved with that whatsoever. You start to think if if this wasn't at Northwestern and if it was at like a bigger program, how would this be handled, you think? (laughs) Well, what about – a lot of people are making this comparison. What about – the way Kirby Smart is getting talked about and Georgia's getting talked about, and they're they're not the same. Okay, no. Uh, now, some would argue though that the you know the mistreatment of women from uh, the the Georgia football program is a systemic issue, similar to you know a systemic issue in terms of the hazing at Northwestern. You could draw that comparison. I think the the speeding tickets and obviously. Uh, the unfortunate loss of a life. To me, that I, I don't look at those as being the same. Or it's harder for me to draw a comparison for me. Well, it's, it's still a between problem. Northwestern and Georgia in that regard. But people would say, or or have been saying, Connor, that here you've got one coach in Kirby Smart that hasn't even really wound up under the same heat that Pat Fitzgerald did at Northwestern and. You could make some comparisons between the two. Again, I to me, they're different. There's parts where you could say, okay, systemically, there's some similarities just in it being a systemic issue, right, at Georgia and Northwestern, respectively. And then there's some, some I think, some key differences as well. Bottom line is, one guy's out, and the other guy, I don't know that he's gotten a ton of heat nationally. They haven't even talked about it, really, from what – been happening to Georgia with the speeding tickets, and why is that? And not not even I'm not even talking the the speeding tickets at Georgia. Well, yeah, there's there's some other off field issues yeah. too. But uh, some favoritism going on. Sooner Gundy says Georgia should get comparisons to Baylor. Uh, Sugar Shane says new Northwestern head coach Alex Grinch. <laughs> this is the moment, right, where you get to pick your favorite new. Northwestern head coach that's probably not going to happen. We start throwing names that we don't really li- like around here. Yeah, Jeff Levy, though, uh, not not going to wind up as the Northwestern head coach. I I can't think. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a hard job to find a head coach for Northwestern. And I hear you, Jim. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, Josh, I was just trying to stop the rumor nerds. Yes, uh, we we do appreciate uh, we do appreciate that. L- True sooner, Levy game calling. And prep, a B, clock management, C minus. What were the other grades we got for, for Levy earlier? Can you scroll down and find some of those? There were some C minuses, a few C pluses. And I know this is sort of like, wait a second, weren't you just talking about the situation at Northwestern? You're all over the place. And to that I would say, yes, uh, I agree with you. Though uh, with Jeff Levy earlier, we had delved into just briefly what grade would you give him for year one. And out of the 405, since we said, hey, let's hear from the text line. Somebody says a C minus couldn't stay on the field and the crap he tossed out there in the Red River rivalry. Uh, yeah, that did not uh, no. sit well with many. Well, that was a problem staying on the field. That's why some of these grades are a C. I mean, it's still Am I t- crazy to say that I think overall, I, I think I said B earlier, and maybe you guys are talking me into a B minus. I don't think it was an average offensive year for Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it was above average. Well, I, yeah, I said B. They finished thirteenth in total offense, but the third downs, it was it was horrible. Not I mean, being able to stay on the field. It now, worked. granted, 
So, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, I mean, it works both ways, too. I mean, defense was not very good, and then you put the blame on the offense not being able to put up more points. Well, and, you know, for Oklahoma, the standard of offense is so high with uh, n- not just what Lincoln Riley did recently and Baker and Kyler being number one overall draft picks and Heisman winners, but the last quarter century under under Bob Stoops, offensively you you're, you're not. I guess what I'm saying is the the bar for above average at Oklahoma is probably yeah it's a different bar right relative to college football. So from that standpoint, okay, I. I Maybe you're talking me into a, not not as good of a grade as uh, maybe initially I gave out. The stakes are very high for the offense at Oklahoma, one of the highest in probably the country. You expect a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, it feels like, every year now with Baker, Kyler, and the, what Hurts did. This is uh, – how about this? This is a grade we've not seen from the 918. A minus. A minus. For Jeff Levy, he had one of the most productive offenses in the country with an entirely new staff that he didn't get to pick and with a quarterback who was relearning the system. Quarterback depth also kneecapped the uh, quarterback run game, which uh, is a huge part of the Jeff Levy offense. I, I can't go there. I can't give it an A-. I'm not, I'm not going that high to an A. I, uh, I mean, it's got to be at least in the B-minus range, though, for me. I mean, they did put up numbers, and they – at times, put up enough points to go win games, and the defense just didn't deliver for you. But plenty of times they put up enough to win. So, so oh my gosh! So I said, I freaking let's see, I freaking just give it a J for jet sweep. They were a J killing me for jet sweep. Oh my goodness! We've got a bunch of pretty good responses on the text line in regards to that. We can keep rolling through those. Is Benny on the phone lines? We do. We still got Benny. Okay, let's get Benny in. We'll squeeze him in before a break. Benny, we got a couple of minutes here. What's on your mind? Good morning, my friend. Good morning. You laid that real nicely from the weather to the roofing company. That was really neat the way you put that in. Uh, That's professional, Benny. That's professional, my friend. Indeed. Hey, uh, can you tell me tomorrow night what time the Conquer Soccer game, uh, U.S. and Panama playing on which TV channel? Then I got one more quick question. U.S. soccer. Okay, go ahead. What's your other question? Uh, the other one is the softball, the U.S. softball team. When are they going to start playing? And, you know, I think uh, Jocelyn Allo is on that team and Kelly Maxwell, and I don't know who else is on there. But do you know when they're going to start playing in the Olympics or whatever they call it? I don't, but I can get an answer no. for you. Okay. And, and I can tell you this, USA Panama, mm-hmm. Gold Cup is uh, what they call this. Right, okay. Tomorrow at six thirty, Fox 630. Sports One. On 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 what? Which what's that? Fox FS1? Sports One. That's right. FS One. Okay. And and I will uh, I will find out about the Olympics okay, for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't know it. off the uh, top of my head here. Hey, last thing, Kelly Maxwell leaving OSU. Was you surprised that she hopped in the transfer portal? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now maybe <laughs> I shouldn't be. I mean, it just felt like and. You know, maybe we shouldn't really feel this way for the most part about anybody, yeah, uh, right? Exactly. But it felt like she was such a, a quote-unquote Oklahoma State lifer, mm-hmm. right? Has mm-hmm. been an integral piece in for Kenny Gajewski and company building that thing to where they're, you know, look, they're, they've not won national championships yet. 
but they are a regular participant yeah, exactly. in the Women's College yeah. World Series. Yeah. They are a regular participant uh, you know, on that short list to go win national championships. And so I would have thought that, hey, you, you stick with that, but, hey, one more year to go to go get one. So mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, my initial reaction, absolutely I was surprised. Oh, yeah, and let's no, hope. Hey, I'll tell you this. Between Elena Vodder and Kelly Maxwell, it's tough for me to say, okay, pick yeah. one over the other. Mm-hmm. I, I love both. I think yeah. Yeah. either one would be tremendous additions for Oklahoma softball. But uh, I guess if you force me to pick one of the two, maybe it's just the regionality at play, and I mm-hmm. know a little bit more about Kelly Maxwell, but I think my pick would be Kelly Maxwell for Oklahoma. But oh, I don't oh, think you yeah. can go wrong either way. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, OSU had looked like they were going to have the top two pitchers with her and uh, what's her name, Lexi Kegel or whatever Kilfoyle. her name was. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, poof, co. Kelly's gone and Jordy's gone, the two co-winners. Hey, it's really amazing, but I'm just curious to see what else uh, Patty can bring in. Brought in a catcher and a pitcher out of Wisconsin. Have you heard anything else? No, nothing nothing new to report yet, though yeah. Plank was uh, he was less than, how should I say, <laughs> secretive in the fact that he thinks that Oklahoma's in uh, the running for both Elena Vodder and Kelly Maxwell. So, now, whether or not they wind up with either of the two, we'll see. And, you know, he wasn't spilling the beans the other day, uh, yesterday on that front. I do, you know, Kern, we still haven't seen a decision with Kern, have we? So, and Oklahoma obviously has been been heavily involved there, we think. So, I'm going to say that I do think that Oklahoma gets one of those three. Do they get two of the three? I don't know. But How good is the Wisconsin pitcher that's coming in up. With oh, I think really four. good. I think really, really good. good. Now, you know, she played with the mm-hmm. 260th, let's call it, uh, defense nationally. I don't know that that's the exact number yeah. in fielding yeah. percentage defense, but they good. they yeah. were in that range. Okay, now you're joining the number one overall mm-hmm. defense uh, nationally. And oh, by the way, everything that I hear about her stuff is that. It's pretty filthy, and oh, by the way, yeah. strikeout artist in high school and had, I think, 82 mm-hmm. or some odd strikeouts last season yeah. in 80 innings pitched, and she's going to come join Jen Rocha in Oklahoma where she's she's going to be around the best in the sport. So I think I think Rocha's one heck of a pitching coach. There's no no doubt about it. So, yeah, no, she's big time and will only continue to get better and has yeah. three years of eligibility to, uh, to do just that. That's the good thing about the three years. The eligibility, then Kirsten Deal going to have a couple of more. Well, she'll have three years, too. That's right. So now you've went and, and gotten mm-hmm. somebody that's going to be around uh, for a little bit for yeah. Oklahoma, which you lost uh, in Jordy Ball. Hey, we got to run. 630 hey, Fox Sports it, 1, okay? Hey, thanks. Bye. Gold Cup. FS1. Take it to T.O. Plank Show rolls on next. Keep hitting your text right here on the home of Sooner fans. Back with you. Hour number three, it's the Plank Show. Hope everybody's having a nice Tuesday. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. And hour number three, by the way, presented by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma. They've been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. So, we've got a bunch on the text line we can uh, we can still touch on. But let me ask you this. The the Big 12 media days, they're right around the corner. We just got to look at the 
Big 12 media poll. Texas on top. Not not a surprise. Sort of what we suspected. 41 first place votes. Honestly, what we suspected. Just given the the vibes around Texas, the momentum seemingly that uh, naturally people feel that the Longhorns have. K-State 2, Oklahoma 3, Tech 4, which I, I was, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be because everywhere you look, Texas Tech, uh, somebody sent in yesterday the aggregate top 25 where they, they went through and it was ESPN and Sporting News and CBS. Basically, they put everybody together and made a composite top 25 uh, way too early poll. And, you know, you look at that and Texas Tech would be on it. Because a lot of these polls you look at, or they'd be right there in the receiving vote section. I can't remember if they were. I think they were, though. Texas Tech is considered a top 25 team with Shuck going into this year. I was a little bit surprised that they were in front of TCU, but maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't be. But anyways, that top five, not altogether surprising. And not surprising that Texas was the runaway pick to go win this thing. But having said that, why? Why is Texas the runaway pick? Same thing every year, Josh, we seem to do with Texas. I'm a little confused by it, too. But then I also ask myself, who would you put at one besides Texas? Oklahoma. Maybe K-State, Oklahoma, yeah. (laughs) Oklahoma State for one voter. It's just one through five is really up for grabs to me. That's why all teams, one through five, in that preseason media poll got a first-place vote. Six different teams got a first-place vote. Is that right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you got OSU with one at seven. Who do you think was the OSU vote? I don't know. Maybe someone Yeah, someone in Oklahoma. <laughs> Maybe somebody that – do any sideline reporters have, have votes? Do we know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Possibly. Because, because if they do, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's where the vote uh, came from. They got Ewers, Josh. That's why Texas has won. What do you think of Ewers going into this season? Because for me, look, uh, the the raw capability, sure, it's there, raw talent, all that stuff. But on a consistent basis, I mean, we just, I guess, are projecting that it's going to come together. Dylan Gabriel was the better quarterback of the two last year. He was better season. than Ewers, yeah, last year. Game to game, he was better. Now, who had a better season and, you know, in a game that, Oh, by the way, Gabriel didn't play. Texas smacked Oklahoma. We got that. But uh, I think Oklahoma's got the better returning quarterback of the two. They so, do. So why Texas up top? Xavier Worthy, of course, the uh, the skilled talent. I mean, they've got Jatavian Sanders is a really, really nice player at tight end. Uh, other uh, wide receivers, Adonai Mitchell. You know, all of that, I, I get the skill talent, but you got to get them the ball. That's you, the thing. You got to have a great quarterback to get them the ball. The, the Texas offensive line is—is is it going to be as good as everybody thinks that it's going to be? If it is, okay. Well, they—they they might be—they might be really good offensively. Jalen Ford. They've got the the defensive preseason player of the year. Texas does, according to uh, the folks that put it together. But I just look at it and I say what I've continued to say, which is, you know, if Texas is the overwhelming favorite in the Big Twelve, you should feel pretty good if you're an Oklahoma fan, because there's a program that has not shown you that they can actually go win this league in a long, long time. It's, it's just weird not seeing Oklahoma at the top, and kind of weird to see Kansas State at, too, uh, right behind Texas. But 
Man, for Texas, Ewers is going to have to be a lot better than what he was last year. He's going to take on a bigger role because Josh B. John Robinson was the offense for Texas last year. And he's gone. He is he not, not there anymore. Took some pressure off Ewers last year. Well, there's no doubt. And, and that little outlet to out of the backfield, find Robinson and just let him go make a play for you, it, uh, it's gone too. So, I don't know. I just The Big 12, to me, just feels as wide open as ever this season. And probably that's what it speaks to more than anything, is that there is no just lock it up and throw it away. And yet, you know, you look at the media poll, and even though I don't think Texas is that team, they got voted that way. One final timeout. And we'll put a bow tie on it with your thoughts going out the door next. It's the Plank Show. One final moment. Uh, one final time with you on a Tuesday next on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you one final time. It's the Plank Show. He, ladies and gentlemen, is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Helmer. One final time hanging with you here on the ref before we hand it off to Steelman and Thune at noon. And it's my understanding, if not right off the top, then shortly thereafter... Oklahoma head men's basketball coach Porter Moser will be uh, along to to join Steelman and Thune at noon. So that'll be uh, that'll be cool to hear from the head coach. Where man, you think about uh, the Oklahoma basketball program? There, there's been some shuffling, some musical chairs with uh, Oklahoma again. That's kind of been, and I'm sure that Porter Moser would like it, you know, to be differently. But uh, I mean, that's been one of the kind of common threads first couple of years is that there's been a, lot, a bunch of new faces out of the transfer portal but it'd be it'd be nice to hear his thoughts on I think he can talk on about everybody right I mean so long as they're enrolled but I mean Jalen Moore and Latre Darthard and Rivaldo Soares from Oregon Hughley from Pitt and McCollum from Siena it's uh wholesale changes in addition to the the two Big time top 100, uh, top 150 signees in Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole. So just another year where it's, uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's a brand new basketball It's season. like 75% of your roster, new guys, transfers coming in. Hey, on the way out, what did Frisco Sooner say right there via the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? Guys, as much as it pains me to say this, Texas is going to be really good this year on offense. You left off the Jordan... Winnington kid, when it when he's healthy, I think he's their best playmaker. Also, offensive line is above average. If I was a Shorthorn fan, I would be more concerned with defense. And they were. At times, they were really good defensively against some good offenses. But uh, elsewhere, they were sort of middling. So, yeah, that would be the area they're more concerned with. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, for their part. You look at Texas, that's the big obstacle. OU needs to, and we know this, they need to legitimately improve defensively to go uh, beat Texas and to win this conference. Hey, that's it for us. Fun hanging out with the Ref Army today. Big thank you to Tommy Tubbs, to Anthony Bowie, and to Damon Miner for joining us today. For Connor, I'm Josh. See you tomorrow, everybody.